This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Tonight, um, I want to speak about the title, um, A New Song to Sing. Sharon, the title tonight is A New Song to Sing. She's always telling me that after I speak, you, you didn't give your title or you forgot your title or everyone uh, knows idea what your title was. So it's a new song to sing, Sharon, okay? <laughs> um, have you noticed is that we're into the Christmas season, obviously, with a, with a bang. Um, certainly, uh, uh, my shop that I work in, we went into Christmas season uh, a few weeks ago, really. Um, we seen it the probably about two weeks ago. The Christmas music started, and uh, I know a lot of people have uh, roll their eyes when they hear about Christmas music. But you, you know, you really have to walk into a shop for half an hour and walk out again. You should try staying in the shop for eight hours. Uh, it's not too bad if you get a mix of music, but when you're getting the same songs, I mean, there was one song there on Friday. I heard it three times, and it was. By the end of the day, I was going. Like, I actually brought in my iPod on, on on Saturday, and I put it on for a wee while just to change it. You know, have you found yourself in a shop or at home, maybe listening to some Christmas music and unconsciously singing along with it? I've certainly been guilty of that. There, it happens all the time, doesn't it? If you know the words, and you might think, I hate this song, but if you're standing and you're doing something and you're not even using your mind, the next thing you know, you're singing along, have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> it's the right time of the year. Or, or chestnuts are roasting on the open fire. You know, Jack Frost is nipping at your toes. You find yourself just saying, <laughs> nose, sorry, nose. Or singing along, see, you don't even know. <laughs> I bet if I was doing something else and it was playing, I'd be able to sing along. But it's unconscious. We just sort of find ourselves drifting along and singing along. You know, and that's, it's, a, it's, it's remarkable. I have customers come into the shop and they complain about Christmas music all the time. And they're, well, not all the time at the minute, it's all the time. But, uh, but at the same time, next thing you know, they're singing along and you're going like, terrible, it's wild. We really do like a good sing-along as people, don't we? And especially as the body of Christ. We, we, we sing together more than the world sings. I mean, they get together and you know, they don't really sing as much. You know, for us, singing and having a song to sing notes and denotes who we are. I mean, no other source of music and of musical expression in the world than Christ and the cross and Jesus and the scriptures. It really gave birth to the whole music industry, really, when you think about it. And you go back long enough in time, there was no music sang that regularly. But when Christians come together, when the people of God come together and they express themselves in music, something happens. We connect with each other and we connect with God. Whenever we were singing something that's scripturally based about God and about his kingdom and about Jesus, wow, have you been there? You know what it's like, don't you? Been there in that service when someone starts singing about the cross or amazing grace and we're elevated to a whole nother level. There's something amazing when we come together and we look, you can look at each other and you'll see that sense of community and unity. We may all disagree with each other, we may all be different personalities, but at that moment we're united in something and there's something powerful in that. 
isn't there? There's something amazing about it. And that's why praise and worship, uh, you know, not that I'm speaking on praise and worship, but that's why it's so integral to who we are as the people of God. We just love to just get together and declare the glory of God, the principles of God, the, the word of God, to praise him and sing his glory. It's wonderful. It's absolutely something that, that we need to do more, but I think it's something we'd be very careful with as well because it's something that we need to make sure we're, we're keeping it on the right track. And it's wonderful. But the problem is the world, you know, they've got another song that they sing. You know, I'm talking about Christmas carols and stuff like that there, but they sing a different song than us. I mean, we're gathered together tonight and we're gathered around the words and we've had a time of praise and worship and we've, we've got a, a song. We don't always sing the song all the time. It's not just one song, but our lives is a song before God. Everything we do as the people of God is a song of worship unto God. If you have your Bible with you, I just want to turn to a wee verse here. Um, uh, I'm always give, people give me a hard time in work for saying we all the time. So if you have your Bible with you, turn to uh, Psalm chapter 40. This just is just this is just a foundation of where we're starting from and where I'm getting the title from this message. Psalm chapter 40. Uh, and verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust trust, and does not respect the proud nor turn, uh, such turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. I really have to pull in sometimes because I just love the Word of God. I just love reading the Word of God. Once you start reading it, you just get, you know, you can get pulled in, especially if it's a, if it's a great chapter like that there. So he's talking about being given a new song, lifted up out of the miry clay. I mean, that resonates with us. It connects with where we are and what we know is our story or our song, if you want to put it that way, from where we were. We were in the miry clay and he lifted us out of the miry clay and he's given us a new song. It might not be words in a melody, but he's put something in our hearts. He's done something in our lives that has transformed us, that has made our lives a song. That has made our lives a song unto God, a song of worship, a song of praise. We declare his glory when we gather together, when we lift up his name, when we come together and we spend time in praise and worship, we're praising God. Whenever we're giving in the offering, it's still praising God. It's still glorifying him. It's still lifting him up for who he is. Whenever we come around the word, what are we doing? We're, 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 we're quieting ourselves to listen to the word of God. What are we doing? We're glorifying God. We're glorifying his word. We might not be singing right now, but we're glorifying him. We're praising him. And it's part of who we are as the people of God. Now, the world has their own song. They've got their own way of living, their own way of thinking, their own way of reacting to situations, their own way of reasoning, which, which is natural. We, hey, I react and I, I sing that song sometimes, but they sing that song all day long. You can hear it. 
We might not hear the words, but you can see how people react to situations. You can see how they treat people, how they treat people in, uh, in, in bad situations, people who are going through stuff. If they know them, they might be very compassionate towards them. If they don't know them, they might be very judgmental towards them. We can see that song in this world every day. We see people reacting in certain ways towards one group or another, to one, towards people who have a different color of skin or a different belief system, and they react in a way that is very, very carnal. And that's really what the, the song of this world is. It's a carnal song. It's a selfish song. We know it very well. Let's be honest. We were born with that song imprinted on our hearts, weren't we? We were born there. We know all about it. It was a song we all sang along happily until that day we met the Lord until that day he lifted us up out of the miry clay and he gave us a new song isn't that wonderful isn't that wonderful we've got something to rejoice in something to praise God about rejoice in the fact that he has given us a new song we don't have to sing the song of death the song of defeat the song of suffering Yes, we might endure those things, but we don't have to sing about them. We can sing about our Lord and Savior, our God who redeemed us, our God who lifted us up out of the miry clay, who put his heart upon us. He he loves us. He did something to us. We can sing about that. Even when we're being defeated, we can still sing, great is my victory, great is my king. Glory to God. That almost rhymes. Quick, someone who writes songs? Anyone write songs? God is good. God is good. Isn't it wonderful? I'm glad he changed me. I tell you, I am glad he changed me. He done a work in my life, and it's wonderful. So tonight I want to look at this idea. I want to look at three reasons why it's important as the people of God that we continue to sing our song. It's that we continue to do the things that God has told us to do, that we continue to help those in need, that we continue to gather together, that we continue to seek God in his word, that we continue to act in love and in grace rather than in judgment and in selfishness. It's important that we do these things, that we have temperance, that we control ourselves, that we're not running off the hook, seeking the latest fad and the latest craze that this world seeks, that we are people of God who come together and we worship him. We've got a song to sing. There's three good reasons why we do. And I'm encouraging us because it is the time of the year we sing. It is the time of year when people sing. We'll have a carol service later on in the, uh, the next wee while and all. But you know, sometimes it's hard for us. Sometimes we go through things, we get knocked back. And as I said, you know, we go through disappointments sometimes. Sometimes we go through heartache. Sometimes we go through times where we thought everything was going to go swingingly. And we still have to get up and sing and praise God. We still have to walk this path. This, this path might not be an easy path. It might not be comfortable. It might not be wonderful. There's no fairies, dust and, and sprinkly things going on. There's no sparklies and fireworks and all the rest. And no, it's not because I'm almost seven years married. <laughs> You know, you don't know what I'm talking about, Michael. You're only six months married. Uh, But it's not because that I'm personally going through anything that I'm struggling with. But I have gone through things in this last few years, struggled with things, serious things. And yet I've still had to praise God. I've still had to go to the word knowing that, oh, no, I've suffered a defeat. 
something's happened, but I still am a believer. I still believe in the Word of God. I still believe God has changed me. I still believe He's given me a song to sing. I still got to go back even when I've been defeated. Where else am I going to go? As Pastor pointed out last week, he's talking about Jesus whenever the Father turned his back on him in the cross when he became sin. Pastor pointed out that Jesus never turned his back on God. Where is us? That was us. What will we be doing? We'd be running around going, well, <laughs> that's the case. If you, we'll see how you like out the cold shoulder if you're going to give me the cold shoulder. But we can't afford to do that. We cannot afford to do that. Our lives are too important to, to God and to the kingdom of God. Our future and our eternity is dictated to by what we do whenever we face defeat. If you face a knockback, if you face a setback, what are you going to do? You have to get up and keep going. You have to keep walking on. Keep praising him. Oh, I've got a leg knocked off me. Oh, something terrible's happened. But he's still God. He's still worthy to be praised. Still worthy to be glorified. I'm going to jump ahead here if I keep this up. We need to do it. We need to find reasons to do it sometimes. And it's okay to find a reason. It's okay to find a reason. So the first reason I want to come to tonight is simply because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. It's right and fitting and necessary that we express our gratitude and appreciation for what he has done for us. It's right to. It's right to. He's God. He deserves it. He deserves our praise and our worship and our respect. He deserves our obedience. We don't like to think that way, but he does. He deserves it. No one else deserves it. All those other things that I tried in my life, all those other things that I see around me, that I hear the world singing about, singing the praises of, saying, oh, this is great. This is the latest thing. This will change your life. Your, your home will be the different. It'll be changed if you do this. Oh, you've got to have this TV, this size of TV. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. There's no satisfaction in it. Those things will fade. We know it. We know that they will fade. We know that the latest whatever will be replaced. Something else will come along. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still worthy of our praise and adoration. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the God who spoke worlds into being. The God who flung stars into space. Boy, the God who created all things. Boy, he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy to get up off the, off, your, off the knees after being knocked down as hard as it is to still get up and still to praise him because he's still worthy. He's still holy. He's still God. He's still wonderful. This, this knockback doesn't necessarily have to be the end. We can still keep going. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's a state of heart. It's a condition of our heart. Our heart's full with worship and love for God. It comes out in the things that we do. It comes out in the things that we say. It comes out in our songs that we sing. When we went through, we've gone through a period there in the house where Sharon and I, am, I'm just sticking on YouTube and we're listening to um, a lot of praise and worship um, songs and soloist songs and stuff like that. It's all the time. You, you, Sharon will tell you, we can't, it's just it's better than anything else really sometimes. Just stick it on. You know, I, I, I just stick it on. See, sometimes this past, I say this past month, I don't know how many times I've woke up in the morning and I've had a song going through my head. 
I just, I, you know, and it, it is a case of, you know, it's, it's Clifford knows, you, you just keep putting it in, and it's going to start coming out. You know, it's, it is. <laughs> There's a lesson in that as well, but that's another sermon. You know, when we're praising God, when your heart is full with gratitude for God, you know, yes, I'll be honest, there's things that I had thought would happen by this age, by the time I reached 45. <laughs> Michael, you've got a few more years. There's things that I thought, knockbacks, disappointments. But you know what? I can still thank God that he's still on the throne. I can still thank God that he's still at work. I can still thank God that I've got health. Not all of us have health. But I can still thank God. I've got a roof over my head. I can still thank God I've got a job. I can still thank God I've got a loving, a loving family. I can still thank God for something. I can still pour out my gratitude to him. You know what? See, see the other night I woke up, and this sounds like a very pastry type of thing to say, um, but I woke up and I just was thinking, this was about three weeks ago, I was just thinking about God. I do that sometimes. And I just started, you know, you know they, they say one of the surest and easiest ways to fall asleep again is to start praying. So I started praying. <laughs> and it's true. Well, it's not. I started, I started praising God and praying to God. But I didn't pray and ask him for anything. I said, thank you, dear God in heaven, that you are God. Thank you, dear God in heaven, that you created everything. God, you are amazing. I wasn't just, I didn't just think. I said, I just tried to go in the, God, you're amazing. You're, I felt like Dougal when I said that. You're amazing, God. With all the things that you have created, those stars in the heavens, those constellations far away, the, the, the nebulas and the, the stars and the planets and all those sort of things. God, you're amazing. What about this earth? God, you are amazing. Look at this earth that you have created. And that's all I started doing. See, for half an hour, I couldn't get back to sleep. I just, kept, I just, it was just one thing. I, and I wasn't, it wasn't like a machine gun, now, I'll be honest. But I was still going, God, you are amazing. You are wonderful. You are worthy of all praise and all honor. God, how did you think of the human eye? How did you think of the human brain? All of its complexities. You know what? I, I, how did you think of, of us on this earth? How do you think of the, the dolphins in the sea? Look, God, this amazing planet he has given us. It's amazing this life that he has given us. That yes, there's flaws and mistakes and there's the things in us that are sinful and fallen. But there's things to thank him for. If you can't thank him for, for, for answering a prayer right now, you can thank him for answering a prayer at some point. You can thank him for doing something. Maybe unconsciously you have been an, a benefit, a beneficiary of something God has done. Sometimes you can be a beneficiary of something God has done for the person sitting next to you. I'm glad I'm not sitting beside Sharon. But you know, God bless them. Oh, that's good. They're in a better mood today. <laughs> but isn't it wonderful? You've got something to thank God for. He's worthy of it. He's done so much. Really, when we think about it, everything that he has done for us. Do you thank God for this church? I know we do in the prayer meeting. Oh, gosh. This church bringing us together as his people in this place. For pastor and for Sally, for the, for the word that is preached here, for the praise and worship team. 
for the various ministries they've got going on, for Johnny and Tessa and all the rest, for Clifford. Okay, well, we thank God for these things. These are wonderful. We could be like that, you know, spoiled brat who complains about having a Mercedes. It's not the right color. I've got a Mercedes. What? Thank God for what he has given us. Our human nature wants something different. But God's given us something mighty to, to, to cherish. Our friendships with one another as a family of God, these are something to thank God for. Because they rub off on each other. We rub against each other. There's always something to, to praise God for. Another reason to get up and move on. This is our song. This is what we're doing. This is what we are as believers. We're singing this song of worship unto God, of thanksgiving unto God because of what he's given us, what he's done to us, and what he has presented to us. It's wonderful to keep that in mind. As I said at the beginning, they're gathering together as a church. We're participating in praise and worship. As we sing together the songs, we've been praising God when we're giving our offering, we're praising God. Do we think of their offering as praising God? It's a glorify God above those other things. Praise him above those things that surround us that would want to take our attention. Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. It's good for us to do that. He is worthy of it. No one else is worthy of it. Praising him for who he is. Psalm 63 was a verse, actually, I'm not going to read it, but it actually says, uh, when I remember you on my bed, and that's where I remembered him on my bed. So in him we have found the eternal God, the one true and living God, who is worthy of our praise and worthy of our singing our song of praise to him. The second reason we have been given a new song, and it's important for us to continue to sing it, is for our benefit. We praise him first and foremost. It's about him first and foremost, but there's a benefit in us. There's something happening in us when we glorify God. There's something changing in us, something refocusing us, something keeping us on the path ahead. In Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I should yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, uh, my soul is cast down within me. Have you been there? I've been cast down. I've been disquieted. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon and from the hill of Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be within me. A prayer to God, to the God of my life. That phrase there in the middle in verse six there, it says, from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon and from the hill of Mizar. Mount Hermon is one of the tallest mountains in that region. It's in the, the area you've heard of, the Golan Heights, if you watch the news at all. The Golan Heights is in that area. It's reaching over 9,000 feet high. So, so the, the, the psalmist is writing about it. He says, from the heights, from the tallest place that I know of, 
You are God there. I can, I can praise you because of what you, what you are there. And from the hill Mizar. Now, they actually don't know where Mizar is. They actually can't. There's no, there's no record of Mizar. When you go into the entomology of the word Mizar, it actually means shrinking. Shrinking. So from the heights of all the great things to the wee things, he's God. When I face big things, I know that he is God. I know he's worthy to be praised. Whenever I'm facing wee things, I know that he is God and he is worthy to be praised. He's worthy of it. And I know that that'll lift me because I, I, I know that he's God no matter what. As we heard John speaking last week about God of the hills and God of the valleys, as the enemy had said to Israel, he was God everywhere. You know what? And wherever we find ourselves, whatever we find ourselves going through, and we remind ourselves that he is still God, even amidst this problem, amidst this thing that we're facing, at times, whenever we glorify him and we encourage ourselves in the Lord, do you think of it? Build yourself up in your most holy faith? Or do you just endure until you feel a wee bit more in a better mood? Do you build yourself up in your most holy faith? Encourage yourself in the Lord? It's easier to do it when you're in a good mood. It's far easier to do it when you're in a good mood. Maybe in a full stomach with a cup of coffee beside you and a wee jammy dodger. It's far easier to build yourself up in your faith whenever, you know, you're kicking back, the fire's lit, the Christmas tree's twinkling away. But when you've had a setback, whenever something's gone wrong, after you've come out of the panic, <laughs> then you've got to get, this is where the rubber hits the road. You've got, to, you've got to encourage yourself. Build yourself up. You've had a negative report from the doctor, or from the bank manager, or from your family. Something's happened. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. We've been on the road long enough. We've been saved long enough. We should be knowing these things. We should be doing these things. We need reminders of these things. Build ourselves up. Stand firm. Stand in the time of trouble when things are coming and build ourselves up. Pick ourselves up. The famous quote is about being knocked down. It's not a, it's not a shame to be knocked down. It's not a shame to have a setback. It's a shame to sit there and to do nothing about it. And we might not have an answer to our setback, but we have a God who's still on the throne. We have a God who's still God, who hasn't changed. It's important for us that we praise God. We build ourselves up in our most holy faith. We read the scriptures. Do we feast on the word or do we diet on the word? Do we come to the Lord in prayer or do we go to the Lord in prayer like a, police, like a robber looks for a policeman? Do we come together one, one with another and pour out our hearts and help each other, pray for each other? There's things that we should do as a people of God. Build ourselves up. It's not, it's not a bad thing to build yourself up. It's important. Because at the end of the day, when it's dark and you've had a setback and you're sitting alone at night, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? Yes, the Holy Spirit will be there. He'll be there ready to help. But we have to call out to him. He's a gentleman. He will not interfere in our lives. He'll encourage us. He'll, he'll nourish us. He'll open the word to us as we open the word. Maybe he'll bring a verse back to your mind. But we have to meditate on it. We have to think about it. We, we, there's a part of something we have to do here. 
build ourselves up in his most, our most holy faith. You can't help but read, you know, I love the Psalms. And it must be as you get older, you, you love the Psalms more and more. There's just something about them as you read them. As you read them and you see what the, 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 the psalmists are going through and how they're enduring things. There's something that connects. Uh, you, only, you only really appreciate this. I'm sorry to the youth. You know, you'll appreciate this more as you get older. You know. um, as you go through things, as you get a step back yourself, as someone stabs you in the back, as you find that something didn't quite work out, as you find sometimes you've made a mistake and that you're suddenly left in the lurch, you've, you've committed too much to something or whatever, you've had a setback, and then you read the Psalms and you're going like, oh, it's all right. These guys are the same as me. They did the same thing as me. But it's remarkable when you do read the Psalms. Because when you read the Psalms, you read those passages that are very, oh, David's calling down, you know, fire and brimstone upon his enemies. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, praise the Lord, glory to God. Out of nowhere, he, he launches into a, a praise of God. It's like a Holy Ghost minefield. If you read it, there's, there's littered all over the Psalms are verses glorifying God, praising God. That should be our lives. Not that we should have our lives necessarily littered with, pra- with Psalms, but littered with praise. Yes, there'll be those times where there's, there's things not happening, there's things going wrong, but there's times we're praising God. Do you ever see any of those old war movies? When I, when I was younger, I probably watched more of them. Um, I'm very, very squeamish. Uh, so I really cannot stand this, this, the potential of seeing any sort of blood or anything like that at all. But you ever watch those war movies and you've seen the guys walking through a field and all of a sudden one of them steps on a landmine and the landmine goes off and bang, that's him dead. Then everyone freezes in their place and then they've got to dig their way out. Well, that's what the, 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 the Psalms are like. Not in a negative sense, but they're, they're like that in the sense that you're reading through it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, praise erupts. Praise explodes onto the scene. Psalm 66, for example, Come and hear all you who, are, who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. Psalm 16, verse 2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Glory to God. Psalm 63, verse 3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 28, verse 7. Because you are my help, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Praise the Lord. Do you see it? Some people go through this life, believers, and they're avoiding the landmines of praise. They're avoiding glorifying God at times, it appears. They find no difficulty walking through their daily life with no praise to God. But there's others of us who just love it, just love to glorify God because I need to glorify God. There's a landmine. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! There's another one. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me. We need to do it. I need to find more landmines in my life. I need to be looking for those excuses to praise God. Maybe it's not because he'd done anything today. But he saved me all those years ago. He changed me. 
Psalm 9, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Psalm 19, verse 1, the the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Glory to God. I need to glorify him. I need to praise him. I need to sing the song that he has given me. I need to live this life that he has given me, not the one I think I deserve. I need to live his life as it's before me today. Not as a prophecy says it'll happen 16 years in the future. I need to live him today. Do you need him? Praise him and glorify him. We all need to do it. Things will happen. Things will go wrong. But we need to find a reason to praise him. Don't just, don't just wing it. Consider what he has done and who he is. It's wonderful. The well-known song, which I absolutely love, by Horatio Spafford. He wrote the song. His wife and his daughters are going on a boat from America to the UK. He was moving his, um, I don't want to say his business, but he was moving from the America to the UK. And his family went on ahead of him. And as they set sail, he stayed behind to do a bit of work. And on the way, their, their ship ran into, I presume it was a storm, but they actually collided with, a, uh, with another ship in the sea. And out of the 300 and some odd lives on board, um, over 200 of them were lost. And these were in the days when there was no telephones or anything like that there. Of course, he heard the reports of the, of the ship floundering and sinking and the lives that were lost. And his wife sent him a telegram saying the words, survived alone, survived alone. His four daughters had all died. All four of them had died. Horatio Spafford left America then himself and he came home, came back to the UK. I'm not sure if he was from the UK, but he came to the UK. And it said as he passed that part, in the water where the ship had gone down, that he penned the words, it is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. that's That's a life. That's a life and a heart of worship to God. His four daughters had died. His denomination that he went to actually told him it was God's judgment on his family. And he left the denomination. And yet he said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Glory to God. Magnifying God is not a new thing to to Horatio Spafford. It was a lifestyle. It was in his heart already. He went on to do great things um, with his life and his wife. 
So we praise and we worship God and we continue to sing this song and we dust ourselves off because he's worthy and because we need it. We benefit from it. And thirdly, not only do we benefit from this new song that we're singing, but others benefit from it. Others benefit from it. Those words that Spafford there penned have gone on and been sang for over a hundred years. We're still singing them and praising God with them. We're encouraged with them. We go through things and we sing along. We may as well be singing with Spafford and the family. Praise the Lord. It is well with my soul. I can remember just before my brother went to America, whenever it was, the time was winding down, as it were, and he was getting ready to leave. And I can remember all the emotions that we were going through. And I can remember standing in a church at the time, standing at the front, and they started, during the communion, they started playing it. They weren't even singing it. They started playing it. And me and my brother stood in the front row, and we just belted it out. It is well with my soul. Because we were, we were heartbroken because we were parting. So whenever we praise and we glorify God and we, we sing the song that he has given us, we encourage each other. You encourage that person sitting beside you. You encourage that person on the other side of the room. A couple of weeks ago, we were praying for, for Norma. as She was facing a, a potential operation. And you know, and as I was, we were sitting there and we were praying for her, I was thinking to myself, you know, God is going to be with you. God's not going to leave you. God's going to strengthen you. Look around the room. We could do it here tonight. Look around the room. There's people here tonight who have gone through things, who've faced great trials and hardships, who've gone through personal loss and heartache, and they're still going. They're still praising God. They're still glorifying God and thanking Him for what He has done. Now, Margaret, well, she's gone through, and she's still here. I'd be at home curled up. But we've got something to, but you know, it's each other. We're encouraging each other as the people of God, as a community. We're a community, a family. And whenever I praise God amidst hardships and I pour out my love and my adoration for God and someone beside you sees that, sees, that's not from Balamina, sees that, sees what you're going through. I was talking to you earlier. That's what's done it. <laughs> But whenever someone beside you sees that and sees that you're praising God despite what you're going through, despite the knockdown you've just had, they see you getting up. I tell you, nothing encourages me more that this is true, that your faith is true, that your love for God is true. What God has done in your life is true. What about the people out in our families who are not saved? When they see you having a setback, they see you going through those things and then you, you get up and you go to church on a Sunday. You're sitting reading the word in the corner. What does it say to them? What does it say to them? It tells them that you've got a rock. You've got an anchor that holds sure and fast. That you've got a faith in God who does not change. And it's real. There's countless other things in this world but these are the only things that are true. And that's what our, our singing this song, us walking this path, living this life, says to those around us. 
And the Apostle Paul, he doesn't use the term about singing a song or being given a new song. He goes one step differently. He talks about having the fragrance of life and the fragrance of death. To those who are living, it is a fragrance of life. What we are doing when we come together, the fragrance of, of life is being spread and people are smelling the fragrance, as it were. But to those who are, who are under condemnation, under the judgment of God, it's a fragrance of judgment. So it's wonderful to know that what we do matters. Sometimes that's all our ministry is. Sometimes that's our ministry today. It's just to, just to get up and keep going. This is our service. This is how I can serve God today. I can just keep going. I can just get up and I can go worship God. I can get up and I can just read the word today. I can get up and I can just pray. And you know what? I feel, I feel in such a miserable place. I hope he doesn't answer. <laughs> hope I can pour out my heart and he'll just listen. And sometimes that's all he'll do. He'll just listen to us. Let you pour it all out to him. But then remember... Remember to look for the minefield. Remember to jump on a mine and praise God. To glorify him for something simple. Glorify him for this world that he has given us. This life that he has given us. Existence. Hope. I've got hope for the future. I might not have hope at this minute in this situation, but I've got hope for the future. I've got a reason to sing. A reason to glorify. A reason to praise him. So we should sing this song because he is worthy and because we benefit from it. We do. And it's okay to benefit from it. It's good to benefit from it. And others benefit from it when they see us singing the song and walking the walk and living the life. It's a good thing. It is wonderful. It is glorious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God in heaven, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Praise you and we glorify you. Praise you, Lord God in heaven, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me. Thank you, Jesus, for changing me. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way where there was no way. Thank you, Jesus, for your loving kindness and tender mercies which are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus, that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Glorify you, Jesus. You are the one true and living God. Lord, we glorify you. We praise your name, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord God in heaven, for what you've done in our lives. We thank you, God, for changing us, for saving us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. You are mighty, O oh God. You are worthy, O oh God. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no other name under heaven whereby men may be saved. Lord, we glorify you, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. God in heaven, Lord. You are God. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised and glorified. You are worthy to be praised and glorified. Praise
Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we glorify you, Lord. We praise your name. They glorify you, Lord. You are worthy, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, for changing us and saving us. We thank you that you're still alive and that you're still God. Lord, we glorify you and praise you, O oh Lord. Oh, Lord in heaven, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day in your house, O oh Lord. We thank you, dear God in heaven, for your word. We thank you, Lord God in heaven, for hope in our hearts, O oh God, for your spirit living within us. We thank you for leading us in this week, Lord. We thank you for your guidance, for your strength, for your purpose in our lives, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God in heaven, for everything that you have done. Lord, we thank you for who you are, the great God of all the earth. Truly, there is no one like you, and no one else deserves our praise and our worship. Lord, we praise you and we glorify you. We thank you, dear God in heaven, Lord, for the young people in this church, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for their involvement tonight in the service so far, Lord. We thank you for them individually, Lord. We pray that you bless them, O Lord. We pray that you guide them, Lord, and you protect them in their lives, Lord. We pray that you nurture them and lead them on into your purposes and your plans for their lives. We pray, dear God in heaven, that you open doors for them, doors for them to walk through, Lord, that you lead them, Lord, to be a light in this day, Lord, and age, a light in the darkness that we are surrounded by, O oh God. We pray, Lord in heaven, that you protect them from the wiles of the enemy, Lord. And we pray, dear God in heaven, that you will grow sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, and they will come to know you and love you more and more and more. Lord, we thank you for them, Lord. We thank you, Lord God in heaven, for the food that they've prepared for us tonight, Lord. As we gather, Lord, have a bit of fellowship, Lord, as your people, as your family, Lord. We just thank you for it, Lord, and we glorify you, Lord. We pray that you're glorified in all that happens and goes on for the rest of this evening, Lord. We thank you that you're our God and that you have given us a reason to sing and to praise your name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.